0: that really affects all of us. And it's talking about not understanding why this happened. With all the whys, the anger, the suffocating darkness and confusion after the death of our child, it can be pretty easy to blame God for what has happened. We question how God can call himself a loving father or possibly tell us that he's a good God we don't understand. And it's normal and okay to bring our questions and emotions to God, no matter how dark they are. Every step on our life's journey here is a step of trust. We either trust in others, we trust in ourselves, or we trust in God. Trusting completely in others or only in ourselves will eventually fail. And you've probably experienced that quite a few times in your lifetime. But when something horrible happens in our lives, such as the death of our child, we often tell ourselves that we can no longer trust God unless we know the why. We want answers, and we want them now. We want, or we feel like we need, for God to explain himself to us, telling us why our children left this earth before we did. I think the bottom line is that we're trying to make sense of God with our finite brains and our limitations, but that's just plain impossible we want God to answer to us, which is just as futile as a teenage daughter arguing with her parents, wanting them to answer to her. How can they? How can they explain that they see what their teenager cannot see and they know what their daughter doesn't know in a way that makes that teen satisfied with the answer they have given? And how can God possibly explain to us through his lens of eternity and and his sovereignty and his greatness? I mean, he's God, right? How can he possibly explain to us in a way that's going to make some sort of sense, causing us to be okay with what has happened? My husband, Dave, got a four-year degree in computer science. It was so long ago that he even had to do a computer punch card program for one of his classes. His entire 30-year career was with programming computers, fixing computer programs and crashes, or internationally managing others who were doing that. There are times that I ask Dave, who is my personal geek squad, to do something for me, computer-wise, and there are times he has to tell me that it just can't be done. And I always want him to explain why, because it seems like he should be able to find a way, right? Since he's a computer programmer by profession, I should be able to just hand him something and say, make my computer do this, and he should be able to do it. That's what it seems like to me. And when we hit this kind of a uh, quandary here, he will sigh knowing that at some point I will get totally lost and I will not understand what he's trying to explain to me about why he can't do what I am asking him to do. And the interpretation of that is really I just get plain frustrated because it still just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm pretty sure the same thing would happen if I were to ask a nuclear scientist a question on how something worked, because it is so far beyond what my mind would be able to follow or comprehend. Now, we know that God is greater than any computer techie or nuclear scientist, so what makes me think that I would be able to follow or comprehend God's explanation to me about why Becca isn't here anymore or why your child isn't here anymore? We often try to bring God down to our level because we want to understand his actions, why he does what he does. And that's like the Israelites. They knew the acts of God, which left them always grumbling and complaining. But Moses knew his ways. We can find that in Psalm 103, verse 7. There is a big difference between knowing the actions of God and knowing his ways, which is knowing his heart. When we go beyond knowing the acts of God and press in to know his heart, we can still trust that he is good and he is faithful, even in the deepest and darkest pain we can face on this earth. Now let me ask you, are you looking at God through the lens of knowing his actions or knowing the heart of his ways? That can make a big difference in moving forward in a needed measure of healing toward a life of meaning and purpose again. I do still occasionally find myself caught in the struggle of wondering why. And when I find that happening, sometimes I'll ask God what it is about him that I don't understand yet. Because when I try to lean on my own understanding, I can get all messed up. I want and I need to see things from his perspective. What if I don't get an answer to that right away? Then I have to decide to continue to believe that He sees what I can't see and He knows what I don't know, and I will continue to share my heart with Him, trusting that someday it will all make sense. I often use my own experience as a parent to help me understand my Heavenly Father. Are there times I needed my children to trust me without giving them an explanation? Of course. Are there lots of reasons I might not have told them why? Yeah. And I know that there are times that my children have asked why or why not. And it wasn't because they really wanted to know, but because they wanted to be able to argue against my reason, whatever that reason was, to try and get me to change my mind, like my reason wasn't a good enough reason. And we can have that same attitude with God. Even if he told us why he allowed this tragedy in our lives, it wouldn't be a good enough reason in our intense pain and our darkness because we would just want to argue with him on how wrong he was to do this to us and how wrong his answer was it's not good enough the picture i get is one of a distraught child crying uncontrollably as the father bends down to pick up that child the, the father told the child no to something the child is really upset and the father bends down picks up that child in his arms but the child is so upset that he keeps kicking and screaming and fighting his father in his arms. Now eventually the child runs out of strength and he relaxes in the embrace of his loving father and now that child can receive the comfort and the strength that he wants and needs. It's the same with us. We often fight the one who can give us the very things we need. Instead we need to quit fighting him receive his embrace, and allow him to carry each one of us in his strong arms of love. Understanding will not bring peace. I'm going to say that again. Understanding is not going to give us peace. That's why we're told to trust in God and not in our own understanding in Proverbs 3, 5. For some reason, we often think if we can figure things out, then we can be in control. But the relief that we feel from that doesn't last very long because soon there's something else that we're trying to make sense of and that's out of our control. Years ago, I believe it was when our son was going through something very difficult, I was in the mode of the fix it prayer. And I was asking God and you know crying out to God, this is what I need you to do on behalf of my child. And you know, just that kind of a prayer. And one time as I was praying this, the Lord just stopped me in in my thoughts. And he spoke to my heart. And he said, which prayer do you want me to answer? I was confused by that. And so I asked him what he meant by that. And the response that I got in my heart was, you have told me for many years, you have prayed and said, do whatever you need to do in my life to get me where you want me to be. And right now, you're praying this very specific prayer about do this. And God said, what if I want to use this circumstance that you're praying for, for me to do something specific? I'm using this circumstance over here to answer your long-term prayer of do whatever you need to do in my life, God, to get me where you want me to be. So he asked me again, which prayer do you want me to answer? Wow, that was... Quite the thought to me, and I did take the fix-it prayer off the table, and I went back to Jesus, your Lord of my life, and I do want you to do whatever you need to do to get me where you want me to be. In other words, I didn't just say with my words that Jesus was Lord of my life. I made the hard choice to surrender my will and what I wanted as an answer to an immediate prayer Allowing him to make the final decision based on a long term outcome that only he knew about, and to do my best to trust him in that decision. During deep grief, people either move toward God or they move away from him. But when we move away from him, we're moving away from the one who can help us the most. God wants to walk with us through this valley of death. He wants to give us comfort. He wants to give us strength. He wants to give us hope. These are all things we desperately need. But if we choose to move away from him, we will continue to desperately need these things. This is a time to get as close to God as you possibly can. A few weeks ago, I saw on someone's Facebook post something that spoke volumes to me about this very thing. It was Jesus speaking in John 13, 7, and he was saying, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. It struck me so deeply that I had to get out a Bible and read these words for myself. You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. This world we're in, it's not permanent. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that, but it's here to prepare us for the place that is. That means everything that happens here is with eternity in mind, but our view of it all is with very limited sight, which can be confusing until the veil is lifted and we are on the other side with our child. I believe with everything in me that our children who are now on the other side of the veil, can also see everything very clearly, and they understand what we do not. I believe they are cheering us on, knowing that when we join them, not only will we understand, but the pain will be completely behind us as the glory of eternity just explodes all around us. Until then, you have a choice. You can choose to continue blaming God or others for what has happened, remaining a victim of this horrible trauma for many more years, maybe even the rest of your life. Or you can make a decision based on being okay with not understanding why, allowing God to show you the way out of the darkness to be able to live in a way that honors the life of your child. I want to let you know that this episode was taken from three different readings in my new upcoming book, Reflections of Hope, Daily Readings for Bereaved Parents. I am hoping by this time next week, we will be able to share some more detailed information on it. We'll be able to direct you to a page that will talk about the book a lot more and let you know what's going on. I also want to let you know that we have decided not to just have our Hold On Pain Ease as There is Hope shirts available for the month of October, but we're going to go ahead and keep them permanently, or at least for a while longer anyway. That's good news for those of you who forgot to check them out and treat yourself to a wearable reminder of hope. There are short and long sleeve t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and jackets in a variety of colors. Just go to gpshope.org and click on the store tab which will not only take you to the, uh, we call it Hope Merchandise, but you'll also see a place where you can check out my books and CD and other uh, resources that we have for you there. I have one last thing for you before getting to the birthday segment. I am going to do a podcast episode on scriptures that have come alive to us in a new way after the death of our child. An example of that is a scripture I shared with you earlier, John 13, 7, when Jesus said, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. This just takes on a whole new meaning to me. So I want to hear from you. Is there a verse that has come alive to you more than ever since your child left this earth? Or maybe uh, like the one I just read, there's a scripture that has a different meaning to it now. And it strengthens you or gives you some needed hope. I would really like to know what that is, so if you would let me know uh, what that verse is and what it means to you now so I can share it with the other listeners in a special episode that I am working on. You can write it out and email it to me, or even better, I would love to have it in your voice and your words if you would record it on your phone and then just email me the recording. It doesn't have to be polished or perfect. Raw and real is always the best when it comes to us in our place of grief, right? So whether you write it or you speak it, share your name, your child's name, read or write out the scripture and how it has been a help to you. And while you're at it, if you are sending it in as a recording, would you please close it out by saying, hold on, pain eases, there is hope. Now, It sounds like a lot, but let me just share an example to show you how easy it is. Hi, I am Laura, Becca's mom. In John 13, 7, Jesus said, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. This verse helps me to continue trusting God, that even though Becca's death seems pointless and I don't understand why it happened, that someday I will. Hold on, pain eases. There is hope. So that's it just your name, your child's name, what the scripture is, why it, you know, what it means to you, and then close it out by hold on, pain eases, there is hope. And like I said, if you don't want to record it, you can just write it out and send it to me, whether it's written or whether it's recorded, send it to Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org. As always, the links to everything mentioned today will be in the show notes. Now, for our weekly birthday segment, guess what? I have no birthdays to announce this week. There are quite a few of November birthdays, but none of them fall into this week. This song I wrote plays in the background each week of our birthday segment. The full song, can be heard on almost any music app, is called I Remember Well, and it's one of seven songs on my CD called Together Forever. I recently heard a podcast with Wayne Jacobson who said something I think is worth passing along. Pain is not the antichrist. Pain does not prove that God has left us. God is with us through the things that cause pain in this world. And it is like the hurt of a surgeon that is bringing you back to life, not the hurt of a mugger beating the tar out of you to steal something from you. I think that's pretty good. And while it's true that we don't understand the why, we can choose who we're going to blame, which greatly affects the rest of our time here. When you blame God, it keeps you connected to the enemy, who's very happy to take advantage of it, keeping you trapped in your pain and darkness. When you blame the enemy, who's called the enemy because he wants to take us down by causing pain and confusion, he's called the enemy for a reason, right? then it begins to break that hold, allowing God to be the surgeon you need, bringing you back to life. May I suggest that you choose to put yourself in the hands of the surgeon, not the mugger. And as always, hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.